Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. That was great. I appreciate that, Brother Jamie, Amber, and their their family. Not going to be using the PowerPoint. Don't have handouts for you. Uh, That takes a lot of time to prepare each week. I wanted to focus on the message more than ever. And it takes a little extra effort because I'm going into grounds that I've not ventured into before. But more than anything in the world, I hope that this morning, this afternoon, and the messages to come will, will help you. In, in some respects, what you will hear is, is disconcerting. But it is not meant to discourage us. It is, it is meant to be a call, not a call to arms, that's not what we're calling it, but we are calling you to revival. We're calling you to involvement. We're calling you to give. We're calling you to witness. That we are calling. I'm entitled today's message, both this morning and this afternoon, which is just a continuation of this morning, is Understanding the Liberal Mind. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to be looking in verse number 17. Two verses here accurately reflect exactly where we are in our country today. In 1 Kings chapter 18, in verse number 17, it says this, and this is amazing to me. And it came to pass when Ahab, who was the wicked king of Israel, a wicked man, saw Elijah, who was a prophet, a man of God, a good man, a moral man, an ethical man, a man of integrity. When Ahab, the bad man, saw Elijah, the good man, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? What? Ahab is the wicked, vindictive immoral, selfish man. And he is accusing Elijah of being the one that's troubling Israel. That doesn't register in my mind. How the wicked can condemn the good. Now, look at verse number 18. And he answered, Elijah, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. There's the issue right there. Who is troubling Israel? The wicked, the unregenerate, the unsaved are going to say the believers are troubling Israel. But the saved... The regenerate, the moral ones are saying, no, you are the ones that are troubling Israel. Understand, based on scripture, that God deals with us as individuals. 
He deals with us as families. That's seen throughout Scripture. He deals with the world. We know lots of Bible verses deal with what God says about the world. But we also know that God deals with nations, including the United States of America. He has opinions about us. He will act accordingly. But I find it extremely troubling that several thousand years ago, a wicked man would say of a good man, you are creating problems for our nation. David Guzik is a Bible theologian. He's written a large commentary on most all of the Bible, and he's written commentaries on 1 Kings 18, verses 17 and 18, and he says this. This is his opinion. Ahab was easily the worst, most ungodly king that Israel ever had, yet he did not hesitate to blame the godly prophet Elijah for the problems of Israel. And folks, we are seeing that today. We are seeing that today, and it's happening rapidly, and it is a growing tsunami of criticism of bad people calling good people evil. The Bible addresses that. In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse number 20, we are warned in Scripture. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That is a woe to Israel given in Isaiah because people were doing that. At that time, there were people that were calling good evil and evil good. And I think that's a real challenge for us Christians to come to terms with. That is so outside of our thinking and our reasoning and our rationality that we almost can't comprehend that. If you're a mature Bible Christian at all, it should be very clear to you what is evil and what is good. But understand, in the unsaved mind, not only are they confused, they get it backwards. They get it entirely backwards. And the Bible says, woe unto them. In other words, there are people that were doing it. Folks, that was preserved in Scripture for all these thousands of years because it's also relevant today. And it is growing more and more worse. Let me give you some examples of today. Liberals calling evil good and good evil. Uh, This comes from a website called the Christian Post. It is a legitimate website. And here's the title of the uh, article. It's written by Samuel Smith. It's dated June 19th of last week. Okay, this is current. The title of the article is LGBT Groups. Conservative Christians have no place. This is what those groups say. Conservative Christians have no place in government. This is from last week. 
Let me read you just a portion of the article. LGBT activist groups are, and I have it underlined in bold on my paper here, are outraged. These liberal groups, LGBT activist groups, are outraged. Must have been something bad happened. That the Trump administration's Department of Education invited speakers from two prominent conservative Christian family organizations to participate in a panel discussion on fatherhood held in advance of Father's Day last week. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You're outraged that Trump would invite pro-family organizations to take part in a panel discussion about fatherhood. They're outraged at that. Politico reports that experts from the Family Research Council and Focus on the Family were invited to speak at a day-long conference hosted by the Education Department that addressed how fathers can be engaged in their children's lives. Both FRC, headed by Tony Perkins, and Focus on the Family, led by Jim Daly and founded by James Dobson, are known for advocating in accordance with biblical beliefs. However, the pro-LGBT advocacy group Human Rights Campaign believes that the organization's beliefs in traditional marriage and opposition to same-sex marriage should make their employees disqualified from being given a government-funded platform to voice their views on marriage and family. If you are pro-family, one man, one woman, then you are disqualified from taking part in government conferences. To provide a taxpayer-funded platform for these organizations is outrageous. Human Rights Campaign said in a statement provided to Politico, families in this country are increasingly diverse and include those with same-sex partners and those led by single parents. And those of you that believe in the traditional family, according to them, you are not welcome to take part in a government-sponsored forum on the family. You want another example? Here's the headline, Christian Post. It's a website you ought to visit. Bernie Sanders says Christian Trump appointee has religious freedom but shouldn't work in government. Can I read it again? Bernie Sanders says Christian Trump appointee has religious freedom but shouldn't work in government. This is written by Michael Grabowski, uh, again, June 19th of last week. U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont has reiterated his belief that a Christian Trump appointee, a Christian Trump appointee, was unfit for a position with the federal government due to expressing his belief that Jesus is the only way to salvation. During a Senate Budget Committee nomination hearing earlier this month, Sanders critically questioned Voight about a blog post in which he stated that by not believing in Jesus Christ, Muslims stand condemned. That's simply what the Bible says about anybody that doesn't believe in Jesus. Doesn't mean we hate them. 
That doesn't mean that we're going to ban them from participating in society. We're just stating what the Bible says with the hope that they get saved. Amen? We love them. We want them to get saved. We're not going to cut their heads off. But Sanders said that he considered Voight's blog post to be indefensible, hateful, and asked if Voight also considered Jews to be condemned. And listen to Voight's answer. I believe that all individuals are made in the image of God and are worthy of dignity and respect regardless of their religious beliefs. I agree with that 100%. But I also believe you got to come to Jesus to be saved. As if that isn't enough. One more article. We're just, these are just the hors d'oeuvres this morning. Here's the headline from the same Christian Post. Another article by uh, Michael Grabowski. Illinois, Illinois bans gay conversion therapy for minors. There are people in Illinois that want to help minors who say that they are confused about their gender. And they want to help them get it right so that a boy will be a boy and a girl will be a girl. And they, they are offering help to those minors, but this Illinois law bans them from helping. Illinois approved a bill that prevents minors from receiving sexual orientation change efforts therapy from their therapist, even if they want it. A minor and his family that won't help, they see their son or daughter not growing up normal, as we would say normal, so we need to get them some help. Even if they want it, this bans them being able to get it. Republican Governor Bruce Rauner signed House Bill 217 into law Thursday afternoon without an official statement provided, along with a host of other bills on different issues. The Human Rights Campaign, well, that's a, that's a misname there, The Human Rights Campaign, a national organization that supports bans on conversion therapy for minors, hailed the signing of the bill into law. With this tremendous step, and this is uh, from them, LGBT youth in Illinois are now protected from a dangerous, they're calling Christians' efforts to help these young people, They are now protected from a dangerous and appalling practice based on what they call junk pseudoscience that amounts to nothing less than, and this is what they're calling the Christians' efforts to help these young people, and amounts to nothing less than child abuse. Woe unto them they call good evil and evil good. I have been so vexed by what I see going on in this country that I began a search a while back that has brought me to three men that I have researched, read their books, read their articles, uh, watched their YouTube lectures or preaching, and it's helped bring all of this into clarity. Those three men are Oz Guinness, Rabbi Zacharias, and an odd one that you would have never thought. Guy's name is probably somebody you've never heard of. His name is Evan Sayet. 
Say it, S-A-Y-E-T. A Jew, a Jew from the Bronx of New York who was raised a liberal but changed to be a conservative based on what happened after 9-11. You need to listen to his lecture to the American Heritage Foundation for him to explain. I'm not going to go into it now. As to what caused him with all the trappings and everything that would make him an extreme liberal to now being a conservative. He's not a Christian as far as I know. He, you know he's, he believes in the Judeo-Christian ethic, which we would both adhere to. He believes in God. He believes, he believes in absolutes. He believes in truth. He believes in evil. He understands evil. I don't mean he believes in it that it's a good thing. But I listened to him one day, and I thought to myself, that is it. I, I get it. I understand it. And I was a little skeptical. I thought, you know, maybe I'm missing something here. So I, I sent the link to three people that, that I know and appreciate and trust. I said, I want you to watch this guy. I said, if I'm, if I'm missing something, you, you let me know. And all three of them reported back, no. He's hitting the nail right on the head. And a lot of what I'm going to say now and this afternoon, I attribute to him. And I've taken and expanded it and, and put it in a biblical context, which is critical to do. Otherwise, I have nothing to say. But I, I think he understands, having been one, maybe gives him a little advantage of explaining them. So a lot of what I'm about to share to you this morning and this afternoon uh, comes from this man. And I say that without apology. The most important thing that I'll say and the thing I really want you to remember is what we learn from Scripture, such as, Calling evil good and good evil and sweet bitter and bitter sweet and you know the men of God being accused of troubling people. Liberals will always fall on the wrong side of issues. Every time they will choose evil over good, they will choose wrong over right, and policies that lead to failure over policies that lead to success. Do you know that many liberals, if not most true liberals in America, said America deserved 9-11? Have you heard that? Oh, it's out there, folks. Lots of liberals believe that America really got what it deserved on 9-11. We brought it on ourselves. White, Christian, racist men having abused dark-skinned people around the world, including Arabs, and having exploited Arabs for their oil. We brought it on ourselves. I think we pay, pay big bucks for their oil. I mean, that's not true. That is blatantly false. This nation has not exploited other nations. We have not colonized other nations. We have not taken over other nations. We, we rebuilt Germany and Japan. That is blatantly a lie. But they don't have a problem with lying. They don't see it as a problem because they're not going to answer to God. They don't believe in God. Whatever serves their ends. Today, movies, TV, music, the Internet, the print media often portray America, and it's getting worse, as the aggressor and as the oppressor. You hear it all the time. Now, why do they do that? 
Because liberals think that they are going to make the world a better place. They really believe that, that what they're up to is going to make the world a better place. Now, how do they think they're going to do this? Well, it starts with what liberals believe. They look back on history, the thousands of years of human history, and conclude that nothing man has tried so far has worked. Not philosophy, not ideology, certainly not religion. None of these attempts by man heretofore have created peace and prosperity in the world. None have solved the problems of poverty, crime, and injustice. And what they have concluded now, now you, you, again, you've got to think, that this is, a, this is a thinking message. What they have concluded is that war, poverty, crime, and injustice are in fact found in man's desire to be right. Man's desire to be right has led to conflict. It's led to war. It's led to poverty. It's led to crime. It's led to injustice. And they conclude that if nobody thought they were right, what would we disagree about? What would we fight about? Are you following me? It's a perverted logic. But it's their logic. Or it's their illogic. The problem is... Folks that believe something, that believe in absolutes, that believe in truth, that believe that there's right and believe that there's wrong. Those are the troublemakers. If we don't disagree, we don't fight and have wars. Without wars, we have no poverty. Without poverty, we have no crime. Without crime, we have no injustice. So we need to do away with people who have beliefs, who believe that there is a right and that there is a wrong. To do away with those people means that you have a utopia. To have a utopia, one of the keys is to get rid of religion. Those people are unfit to participate in a government conference. Those people are guilty of child abuse and want to help a boy grow up to be a man and a girl grow up to be a woman. They know that religious people believe they're right based on what they believe to be rational thought and moral judgments. We come to the conclusion that we come to based on God's word that allows us to have rational thought and be able to make moral uh, judgments. This, according to the liberals, makes us religious people very divisive. And division is the cause of war, poverty, and crime. Therefore, stick with me on this. Rational thought, which is, you know, we think things through. And moral judgments, we conclude, no, that's bad behavior, no, that's good behavior. Therefore, rational thought and moral judgments that Christianity teaches and promotes, they see as a danger to our nation and our world. So to eliminate rational thought and moral judgments and the desire to be right is to prove that, in the end, right is wrong and wrong is right. I was listening to Rabbi Zacharias, an evangelical Christian theologian philosopher, I guess you might say. And he made a very interesting statement. He said, if you really want to know about the heart and soul of a people, look at their music. The poetic lines of music, or the lack of poetic lines in music, will give you great insight as to 
what a people group is really like. That tells you something about rap today, doesn't it? I mean, it really does reflect what's in the soul of people. The music reflects what's in the soul of people. I'm not one that's big on listening to the words of songs. I like melodies. Sharon will tell you that. She's the one, she listens to the words first and the melody second. I listen to the melody first and, and, and the words second. For my generation, there is one song that says it all about liberals. And really it was during, at the time of the birth of modern day liberals. That song was written by John Lennon. And the name of the song is Imagine. Now, those of you in my generation are humming it right now in your head. I hate to put it in your mind, but it's, it's there. Do you ever listen to the words? you ever listen to the words? It is the anthem of the modern-day liberal. Evan it in the lecture that I listened to where he was speaking to the American Heritage Foundation, he referenced this, and I went online and pulled out the words, and I thought, Unreal what John Lennon was preaching about when he wrote this song. Here's the words. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Do you know where he's going? He's debunking the idea of heaven and hell. We would be better off if we just looked up and just saw the sky. In other words, the problem is with Christianity. The problem is with believers. Let me read it again. Imagine. This is what he's wanting the young people that he's singing to, that's singing his song. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. The idea is we'd be all better off without religion, without Christianity. Listen to this. The second verse. Imagine all the people living for today. There's no promise of eternity. Just live for today. They believe that. Imagine there's no countries See, the problem with the world is countries and belief systems. Eliminate that and you have utopia. It is, and by the way, can you say one world government? Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. He's impugning. Religion. And I realize, listen folks, let me be fair. I realize religion has been the source of uh, atrocities through the years. Not, not just Islam, but, you know, Christianity. I mean, after all, Roman Catholics burn people at the stake too. And that's what makes all of this even more challenging for us true believers. We would never do that. We'd never think about doing that. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Okay, do away with religion, do away with countries. You may say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us, and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. 
Communism. State owns everything. They just loan it to you. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. Well, the Soviet Union experimented with that little idea. How'd that work for them? Our supermarkets were full to overflowing, and there you'd have to wait in line for bacon. Although bacon is worth waiting in line for, I might add. <laughs> but again, again, these, these things have been tried, and they've been proven failures. It doesn't matter to them. They are void of rational thought. A brotherhood of man. The last verse. Imagine all the people sharing mm-hmm. all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. There is one criteria for liberals in their movies, their books, their music, and in education. Tear down what the Bible states is good and promote what they think is evil. Liberals want to get Americans to the point where there is nothing left to believe in. You're familiar with Michael Moore, right? Is that name familiar? Isn't he from Michigan? Kind of, you know, extremely liberal filmmaker. What does he think about America? You see, you and I love our country. Let me share something that's shocking to you. The liberals do not love America. They don't love this country, folks. They see us as the villain. Michael Moore says this, White people scare the blank out of me. Quote, We as Americans, Michael Moore, believe it's okay to kill people. That is a blatant lie. I mean, we go out of our way, militarily speaking, to avoid any kind of collateral damage and apologize to other nations when we have made a mistake. He goes on to say, The products built in the factories of GM, Ford, and Chrysler are some of the greatest weapons of mass destruction responsible for global warming and the melting of our polar ice caps. Their thinking, folks, is totally irrational, nonsensical. Another quote, it turns out Cuba has this incredible health care system for a very poor country. I ain't going to Cuba for gallbladder surgery. <laughs> Listen to their thinking. Again, they call evil good and good evil. We know where they're coming. There's a biblical basis for all of this. He says, how about that McDonald's two blocks from ground zero that's killed more people than the 19 hijackers? What kind of demented thinking is that? You are totally given over to Satan's influence in your life to even come up with such a statement. Then he says, there's a gullible side to the American people. They can be easily misled. And this is telling. I quote, Religion is the best device used to mislead them. That's why they have doubled their efforts to get rid of any semblance of Christianity in this country, taking down crosses that have stood in public places for decades. If they could, getting in God we trust off our money and off the edifices there in Washington. If you love this country and think America is good, liberal journalists like Moore will look high and low to try to convince you to think otherwise. The elite's blueprint, blueprint for utopia is being played out through what Sayet calls the rhetorical class. I mentioned this, I think, Wednesday night. Who are the, who are the greatest 
promoters of liberalism. It's people in the rhetorical class. People who are known basically for talking. Academics, entertainers, journalists, and liberal politicians. They're particularly susceptible to liberalism because they live in the world of words, theory, and fantasy. It's one of the reasons the two coasts are so liberal, and the middle tends to be much more conservative because we live in the real world where our decisions have consequences. Farmers, businessmen, businesswomen, housewives, tradesmen, factory workers live in a world of rational thought where decisions and lifestyle choices have serious consequences. The rhetorical class, they they live in that fantasy world where they can just pontificate and look down from their ivory tower at us, you know, the, the peons, and try to tell us what we're doing wrong and what we need to do right. I mentioned academics and entertainers and liberal politicians. Remember Ward Churchill from the University of Colorado? He was a professor there. He said this, if U.S. foreign policy results in massive death and destruction abroad, we cannot feign innocence when some of that destruction is returned. In other words, he is a professor that says we get what we deserve. How about Bill Mayer under the heading of entertainers? He said, I quote, religion is dangerous because it allows human beings who don't have all the answers to think that they do. He says religion is dangerous. One of my favorite statesmen reminds me of our forefathers, Maxine Waters from California, said concerning the Rodney King riots, remember those? If you call it a riot, it sounds like it was just a bunch of crazy people who went out and did bad things for no reason. I maintain it was somewhat understandable, if not acceptable. So I call it a rebellion. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. And my fear is some of you just might buy into it. That is my greatest fear. That it's so much around us and it's coming up, you know, to our chests and up to our necks and up to our noses. And we're being overwhelmed by that. And if you don't, watch out. You know, you lay down with the dogs, you're going to get up with the fleas. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Folks, there's a lot of Ahabs out there today. And their numbers are multiplying. So again, this is not to depress us. I see this as a wonderful opportunity because for some reason the Lord has allowed this to happen on our watch. And we have a call to action to pray, to be faithful, to witness, to be concerned, yes, to be discouraged, no, to be motivated, to be excited. And the answer to America's need at this hour is not going to be found in government, it's not going to be found in academic institutions, it's not going to be found in the entertainment industry, it's not going to be found in journalism. Most of those have been inundated with those that call evil good and good evil, If America is to be saved, it's going to be through the people of God and the house of God with the word of God.
You can't play at it, folks. You can't play at this. You can't get upset over little petty things that <clears throat> happen at church or when the pastor gets it wrong. You, you, you can't make your church attendance dependent upon your, uh, when it's convenient. I'd like to come back this afternoon, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't know, rest, cut my grass, barbecue. Like, that's more important. You're just, you know, if, if, you, if you have that mindset, and I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not being ugly here. But you know what you're doing? You're busy, yeah. You're, you're rearranging furniture on the deck of the Titanic. You know, we, we need people bailing water. We need people involved. We need all hands on deck that will take this seriously. There is an answer. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.